turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. According to today's guest, Ashley Lemieux, Feeling stuck is the torment of unlived dreams, unanswered prayers, and a deeper underlying fear that life will stay that way forever. In her work with The Shine Project and in her book, I Am Here, Ashley helps women reframe their thoughts and create a plan to start moving toward their dreams. Ashley is the founder and CEO of The Shine Project, an online community for women. She is the host of the I Am Podcast. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. So Ashley, I am really happy that you're here because you are changing the lives of so many people. So let's begin by talking about how you got started doing this work. What did you experience in life that put you on this journey? I, when I wanted to start the Shine Project, I was a senior in college trying to figure out what to do with my life. My husband and I had just gotten married We were living in this tiny little cockroach infested condo. I felt really stuck in my life. I didn't, I didn't know what would come next, but I always wanted to be a writer and I always wanted to create a community where women could come and feel supported and, and find tools to help them move forward and stay motivated in their lives. So I started a little corner on the internet called the shine project and women would come and read my blog. It was, a blog at that time, and it has grown from there. Over the years, my husband and I have experienced the loss of three children, um, among other things. And and all of the in all of those situations, the pain and the grief and the fear that I have felt, I've really unpacked it through writing and through bringing a voice to those painful feelings, and then giving that to women who are going through a hard time of their own so that they can find steps forward in their life as well. So, Ashley, how were you able to navigate that horrific loss? I lost a brother when he was 14, so I know what my mother and my father experienced. What was that like for you? How were you able to pick yourself up and move forward each day? I had to do it step by step. A lot of times when I started looking too far into the future was when I really felt stuck and trapped because I had so much anxiety about what life was going to look like because life was turning out so much different than I ever imagined it to be. So every single morning, I started meditating. And in that meditation, I uncovered five questions throughout the span of about six months that I really grasped onto to help motivate my day. The first question started with, what is my intention today? Because when we lost our first older two kids during a very unexpected contested adoption, I didn't know how to get out of bed anymore. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. Going from being a mom to no longer being a physical mom really destroyed me for a while. And so starting with simple question like, what is my intention today so that I could find a path to be on and put my energy into something to help me move forward was really important. And then from there, asking myself five questions um, that are the same helped me 
have a clear path forward and staying instead of just staying stuck in my head and my and in my emotions every single day. So that's where I started. And Ashley, I, I just want to ask if you would tell us what those five questions are. I know you said the first one, what is my intention? Yes. What are the other four? So after I ask myself that, I then ask, who can I serve today? I have found that when we are willing to open our eyes to other people, the amount of people around us who who need our experiences to help them is so profound. And answering that question and being able to see myself and, and be able to see my pain help other people really got me through a lot of hard times. Uh, the next question that I asked myself is, why am I worthy? Why am I worthy to experience a good day today? Why am I worthy of love today? Why am I worthy of waking up and breathing air and living this life today? I found that for me, I started feeling really guilty. I started feeling guilty during the moments I would find joy because I'd think, well, what a what a bad mom that I am, uh, that I've lost these our two kids and I'm feeling happy today. So I really had to focus on why I was worthy to keep moving forward. The next question that I would ask is, what can I what can I set down today? We carry so much weight with us. I've noticed that when I can identify one thing that I can actively acknowledge and write down and just kind of put to the side for that day, it helps give some space for other good things to come into my life. And then the last question I ask myself is, how does the truest version of myself show up today? I used to ask who is the best version of myself today, but then I started realizing that the best version and the truest version were, were different people. When I could show up as my truest self, then I was guided by my intuition. Then I was guided by things that really brought me back to life. And those five questions started helping me little by little, day by day, to get unstuck. As you were going through those five questions, I was trying to relate them to things that I experienced in my life. And, and I can see how these these questions would make a difference in helping someone move forward. Way back when, when I was starting this work in, in a period of six months, Ashley, my mother died, my sister died, I got divorced, and my oldest son left for college. And they were my remaining nuclear family members. My brother had died and my father had already died. And so I can recall being in such a, a dark hole. It's, it's the only way that I can describe it where I couldn't get myself out of that. And I think having questions like this to reflect upon can help someone to figure out their path for moving forward. I, I know for me, even before I would be able to get to these questions, I had to make the decision to choose to heal, you know, to get myself out of that hole. Was that the case for you as well? Did you feel that there was a choice? There was, you know, a moment when you said to yourself, I just can't go on this way anymore. I need to figure this out and make some changes. Oh, yes. And first of all, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, and yes, I, there was this moment, I remember it specifically we had sold everything that we owned because we were living in Phoenix. Um, that's where we had raised our kids, but it was too painful to be here. So we sold everything we owned. We put our house up for rent and we moved across the country to Nashville. And so we were alone in Nashville trying to figure out how to rebuild our lives. And I woke up one morning and I looked at myself in the mirror. It was probably about eight months after uh, we had lost our, our first older two kids and it was the first time I really looked at myself in the mirror. You know, like we get ready and we look at ourselves every day to get ready. But I just sat there and I looked in my eyes and I did not recognize myself mm -hmm. at all. I looked like someone had vacuumed the life out of me. And I remember in that moment feeling like a stranger in my own body. And I called my husband. I started yelling for my husband and he came running in and, and I said, Mike, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to wake up when I'm 80 years old and regret not having lived my life because I was too sad to participate in this. I have to figure this out. I, I need to get myself back. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a big turning moment for me where I knew that I had, I was in a place 
where I had to make a decision one way or the other because life was destroying me and I chose that that's not the life I wanted to be living anymore. Yeah, I found that, you know, when I could no longer tolerate the status quo that I needed to make some change, I, I you get like you're describing where you can go in one direction and stay there, stay stuck and be a victim and wallow and feel this pain all the time. Or you can choose to go in a different direction and do the work and, and boy, it's hard work, but do the work yeah. to pull yourself out. And as you said, baby steps, little steps day by day, choosing to heal. But, you know, I know in my case, one of the things I had to really release were the expectations of the way I thought my life was supposed to be. And you had mentioned that earlier. You know, we get stuck in that woulda, coulda, shoulda mentality that this isn't what I signed up for and this isn't what I wanted it to be. So when you realized that you had to release the expectations of the life that you were, quote unquote, supposed to be living, did that free you in any way? That freed me so much. That word supposed to really robs us of so much joy that we can have in our moment. That word supposed to is something that I still actively am trying to practice not allowing to take away my current joy and current reality because for so many of us, we have these dreams of what our future looks like. And so we think that that's supposed to be it, that that that's the right way, that that's the only way, that that's the only way that brings us peace and love and joy. And then as we go throughout our lives, things change and tragedy happens or even something simple simpler happens um, and we don't get a job we want or and, and we need to make a pivot and it, it can be really hard to recalibrate and figure out what the next step looks like and and for me the freedom really came when I stopped trying to force my life to be what I thought it should be and instead allowed it to be what it is mm -hmm. and allowed myself to know that no matter what is happening around me, that I can still find so much power and peace and joy and hope in my current reality. And just because my whole vision of my life didn't turn out how I thought it was, was supposed to, doesn't mean that it's bad and doesn't mean that it's not good and doesn't mean that I still can't have all those same feelings that I associated with a life that I thought I was supposed to have. And I think, you know, taking that a step forward, one of the other things that I know I had to do was stop comparing myself to everyone mm -hmm. else. Well, I would, you know, I called myself an emotional cutter when I was going through all of those really, you know, horrific time when I, when I was in that bad place, because let's say Mother's Day, you know, I would get on Facebook and scroll through it and watch all the other families that were having these wonderful celebrations with their moms, and I didn't have a mom. Or I would do the same thing around the holiday time, Christmas. And I thought everyone else was having these wonderful Hallmark moments. And my life, you know, wasn't anything like that. So I think it's also important to remember, as you're saying, to focus on all of the good that we have. And to stop comparing what you're experiencing with what I call someone else's A-game that they're showcasing on a social media platform. Definitely. And we all have our own we all have, every single one of us has things in life that we wish weren't happening. And we're all supposed to have different experiences. That's something that I always say is that even though the details of our lives are different, what we're experiencing is different. The feelings that we share connect us. And that comparison trap, it's such a trap and it does so much harm to us. And there's so many times where I have to notice going there, you know, at looking at my friends or looking at other people my age who have kids and, and who have this life that I had really hoped for. And, and I have to stop myself and then reframe my thoughts so that I can close that mind loop and not compare my worst moments to someone else's best moments. Because I think that we do that a lot. And it, it's not a fair way of thinking about our lives. Ashley, you write about reframing thoughts. Can you give us an example of something you've done that's helped you get unstuck? Yes. Reframing thoughts is something that has helped me get more unstuck, I think, than anything else. And I first started noticing that I could reframe my thoughts 
Um, it was probably about four years ago now when we lost the older two kids. <clears throat> and I was driving home from a therapy appointment and I saw a little girl across the street and she looked a lot like my little girl who we had just lost. And I, I, it sent me into this dark spiral because I missed her so much. It triggered this response of fear and sadness and despair. And I had to pull over my car and I was just sobbing in my front seat. And I felt this fear overtake me of if I never see her again, what if, what if I was a bad mom? What if I didn't do everything I could to keep her safe? And you know, all, all of those things that our minds lie to us about. And as I was sitting there in my fear, I had this thought that was, well, what if, what if it's not fear? What if there's something deeper than fear? What if there's a positive emotion that's just taking form of fear right now? But if I can go deeper to the root that I could actually find a better emotion that, that is fueling all of this right now. And so I, I sat there and I really went deeper just into what I was feeling. And I realized that the reasons why I was so afraid of never seeing her again, why I was so afraid of all these things was because of the pro- profound love that I have for her, that mm-hmm. I love her so much that of course I want to see her again. Of course I want her to be happy. Of course I want her with me. And so as I could latch onto love and reframe those thoughts and keep telling myself I'm feeling this way because of the amount of love I have instead of, oh my gosh, fear is overtaking my life, that reframe started adding a positive energy back into my life that really helped me start reframing the thoughts that I was having about everything so that I could stop spiraling and instead create a path of clarity to move forward with me. Ashley, what do you say to someone who's listening to us right now that is grieving the loss of any kind? What would you say to that person? First of all, I would say I am so sorry. And you are so brave for continuously showing up to a world that you don't know what's going to happen next. And I promise you that this feeling that you have is not going to last forever. In this moment, I know that it feels like it is. But I want to tell you that no matter what is happening, your story isn't over yet. There's a word that I have found that's so simple that's brought me a lot of hope in my life that I want to share with you. It's the word and. When when we're first in the middle of grief, at first that's all that we feel and it's all that we think that we're going to feel ever again because it's it's all encompassing. But with the word and, something that grief has taught me is that I can feel grief and joy. I can feel loss and hope. I can feel sad and I can feel peace. And I promise you that that word and, that those other good emotions are going to start coming into your life. They're gonna, you're going to experience them differently and it's okay that you experience them differently. And just remember, just one step forward at a time, because your story's not over yet. The book is I Am Here, The Journey from Fear to Freedom. If you would like to get more information about Ashley and her work, you can visit theshineproject.com. Ashley, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would like you to know that no matter where you are in your life, it's where you're supposed to be. That your past and your future have led you right here into this current moment. And I would love for you to be able to have the courage and bravery to say that no matter what is going on, that you are in the middle of your biggest victory and that you are right here in your life because only you can take the steps forward that you need to do and right now was created for you to be able to triumph over the things that you need to. You are here, and you truly are in the midst of your greatest victory. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. Your strength and your bravery are really examples that we all have the ability to heal. As you said, take it one day at a time, one step at a time. But 
healing and recovery. It's possible. So thank you. Thank you for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. feel lost on your journey to health and happiness then let us guide you on your path personalized actions towards health your path is a series of choices you act on every day we guide you on a personalized journey of dietary exercise genetic supplement and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation your path is personal your journey like you is unique take action today head to bestpathforme.com again that's bestpathforme.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. We all want to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Lisa Luckett, a life coach, speaker, and CEO of Cosmina Enlightened Living, a brand of kindness. Lisa is the author of the book, The Light in 9-11, Shocked by Kindness, Healed by Love. She is here today to discuss navigating change. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Jones. Thanks so much for having me today. So Lisa, the one constant in life is change, whether we like it or not. We often have a plan for our life and then one day everything can go in an unplanned direction. What happens to a person when life goes off course? Well, I, I believe that we all have that shock, right? We are, we're shocked. You've certainly had your share. I've had my share. You have that moment of shock, that intensity. And at that time, it's several things can happen. You can crumble where you are, or you can kind of be numb to it, um, or you can shift and see and trust your intuition to take you forward, which is, is what happened to me in my story. But, mm-hmm. but those things are as much a choice in a way as they are a reaction. I mean, I think as humans, it is important to respect the process of trauma, grief, difficulty struggle because within each of those is you know the the roller coaster of the experience and instead of judging it all the time and and beating ourselves up for where we are to just relax into it and allow it to process and you know what you just described and I know you mentioned my life I know when I went through all of my loss and I was in what I call a very dark place I look at it as, you know, making a choice because you're at this fork in a road and, and you can go in one direction and remain a victim and stay stuck there where you are, or you can try, as you write in your book, find the light. You can try to see what can come from this situation that's positive. So I believe it is, and I don't mean it's a conscious choice in a moment where you say, that's it, I'm doing it, but I do believe that it is a choice. I, I believe so too. And I think, you know, some of us are glass half empty and some of us are glass half full, it has a lot to do with our nature. Uh, one of the things that was so important in my healing story was the kindness of strangers, was the fact that when something happens to you, people show up for you. And it's, and it's the magnanimous aspect of the human spirit. When somebody hurts for you, they see you hurting. You, someone dies or there's a sick, sickness or a child sick or loss of a parent, something. People put themselves in your position. They project themselves into you because it's going to eventually happen, potentially happen to all of us. So people show up and they want to help you. And so one of the great, it's the law of reciprocity that we need to give and we need to receive. If I block you in helping me at a time of crisis, like what happened to me, then I would have blocked people from feeding their souls because they were hurting so badly as I was. We were all in it together. But if I had said, no, 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 I I don't need your help. I would have literally blocked them 
and not allowed their healing. So the cycle was just amazing, and, and it's truly there. People, cancer diagnosis, people do show up for each other, and I'm always just, that's why there's a brand of kindness in my world. That's, it comes from that experience. I actually call it the godness. It's the goodness with one less O. So, Lisa, for someone who says, okay, I'm ready, I can't continue to go on where I am right now, this is not how I want my life to be, what can that person do to navigate a redirection? What are some tangible steps? A lot of it is about, if we're talking about pretty extraordinary pain, if we're talking about pretty big trauma, death, you know, things that are really big, they open you up. And that pain that you have is the rocket fuel for healing because you want it to stop. So in those moments, be open to what shows up for you. Because the truth is, there's a higher power and we're always being guided. And it's when in those times of great trauma and pain that we are most open to actually receive. And that can come in all kinds of forms. So I would say the best thing is to just literally be open in ways you've never been open before. And then on the days you can't be, allow yourself to stay on, in, you know, under the covers. Mm-hmm. But, but, but trust the process and don't feel like there's a stoicness that has to be with you all the time. And lastly, be the, the idea that everything eventually will be okay. That if there's always, and now this word, this phrase has been so overused, but there always is a new normal and life will be good again. It always will be. And that is your choice. Joan, that you can always choose to see and be proactive because this gift that we have really is, this, I'm sorry, this life we have really is a gift. And I like that we are both using the word choice because that empowers a person because when you're experiencing that pain, you feel powerless. But when you know that you have a choice in the matter, I think it gives you great power. I would completely agree with that. And I really have to add in the fact that we have to allow ourselves to give ourselves permission to possibly do it differently than our parents, than our family, than our friends. Because it's really so personal how all of this goes. There are no rules. Grief is its own deal and it's all individual. And the truth is there are, you are allowed to do whatever it is you need to do to heal. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about this topic or Lisa's book or Lisa's work, you can visit lisaluckett.com. Or as always, to hear more from Lisa, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Lisa. We'll be right back. You've put your heart and soul into writing a book. You've made a substantial financial investment in getting the project done. And you have a beautiful publication with your name on the cover. So, how do you reach your potential readers? Introducing the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life Book Club, a resource guide created for books that change lives. A book featured gets recognized. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life includes the work of some of the most inspirational and influential authors in the world. Shouldn't you be there too? Let's get started. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash book club. Hi, I'm Gail Gruenberg, CPOCD, Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized. As a professional organizing firm that specializes in serving clients who are chronically disorganized, we help people change their lives as well as organize their homes and offices. There is no one-size-fits-all organizing technique, and as specialists in chronic disorganization, our clients tend to be non-neurotypical. We often need to think very far outside the box and be creative in the solutions we offer. We need to tap deeply into the process styles, sensory preferences, lifestyles, professions, and interests of our clients. For a doctor, a system that organizes an office as if it were a human body may be effective. For a compulsive shopper, organizing a home like a department store may resonate. One of my clients is a man on the autism spectrum. He loves theater and needed a system for doing laundry. I created a mock playbill for him with pictures outlining the acts and scenes of the flow of doing laundry. It helped him relate to the task, explain 
explained the steps using both verbal and visual cues and made something tedious a bit more fun. I'm Gail Gruenberg with Let's Get Organized. Working with you on-site or virtually, we can help bridge the gap between wanting to get organized and actually doing it. If you're ready to create unique and fun organizing systems, call us at 201-364-6833 or visit our website, lgorganized.com. In a moment, cancer changed our lives forever. At this moment, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything, ever. At this moment, she wants to be in her own bed. I want to be back at school with my friends. I want to be outside playing. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. My next guest, Vicki Snaver, rose from a typing and filing clerk with only a high school diploma to being a highly recognized human resources top executive. She achieved that while raising a family and earning her college and MBA degrees. Vicki joins us today to talk about how you can tap into your own authenticity. Vicki is the author of the book, Authenticity Reawakened, The Path to Owning Your Life Story and Fulfilling Your Purpose. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Joan, thanks so much for uh, having me on the show. I love your work. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, the the more that I've learned about your work, you you really are an inspiration to so many people. So let's start off by talking a little bit about your professional journey. You ended your career in the C-suite, but your path was non-traditional. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, I think a lot of times when people are planning their careers, they think that it's going to be a linear path. And so mine was not traditional in that it was not linear at all. I went to school, as you, as you noted in the introduction, for many years, actually 15 years. And I just kept working my way up um, slowly but surely. I always say in the, in the story, the tortoise and the hare, I'm definitely the tortoise, but I would have it no other way. Um, you know, I worked in various departments. I started out actually for the first 11 years in my career in various finance roles. So literally as a clerk, as you said, in a tax department. But I kept asking, what else can I do? Is there something else I can do to help you? And people were more than happy to give me additional work. So I kept learning on the job and then going to school and just being enthusiastic and having opportunities come to me, uh, I think, for that very reason. What I love about your story is that, you know, so often we get stuck on this path and we think that this is all there is for us. But you weren't afraid to take a chance and, you know, to quote unquote, reinvent yourself. And I think that just it just offers so much hope to people that are feeling stuck. Yeah. And you know what, Joan, you've reinvented yourself as well. And I love the story that you've shared with, with us over the years. And I think that that is so important. Sometimes we think that we have to go, we have to do this one thing. We've decided that we're going to be whatever it is, an accountant, uh, whatever it is. And you think, oh my gosh, I've got to keep doing that. But I think when the universe starts talking to you, and believe me, it talks to you, Mm -hmm. and it tells you (laughs) when you're not on the path that you should be on, you know, if you keep listening for that, those messages, keep asking yourself, is this really what I want to be doing? And if the answer is no, or if it's not a resounding yes, you know, allow yourself to explore other options for yourself. I mean, that's certainly what I did. You know, I wanted to be in human resources for a very long time, but going from finance to human resources isn't a typical path. But I kept asking about it and kept talking to other people who were in the field. And I learned what they did. And I thought, you know what, I'm certain I can do that. So I would give that same advice to other people. Listen to the voices that are coming to you and to the messages that you feel in your heart. And don't be afraid to try something else. And you know what, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You, you will learn something from that experience. So you wrote a book about being authentic in the workplace. What does that mean? So I think that as it relates to authenticity in life and in work, that authenticity is really knowing who you are, knowing what matters most to you, and showing up in the world in a way that reflects that to the extent that you wish to do so. 
so it doesn't mean that you have to go to work or, you know, even with your friends and tell your whole life story if you don't want to. If you want to, that's terrific. But it means understanding what it is that's really important for you to stand up for and to stand up against uh, in life and in work. And when you know what those things are, it shows up time and time again in your interactions at life and work. And it's like exercising a muscle to some degree where you say, okay, this really matters to me, and the next time this comes up at work, I'm going to share my opinion about that. And the more you keep doing that, the more you realize, you know what, I do have a voice. It is becoming stronger, and I'm going to continue building those muscles. So being authentic, I mean, it's owning your power, and it's really, you know, the essence of who you are. So then what gets in the way of that for us? Fear. So, and I love Jack, who wrote the um, Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Mm-hmm. He, he describes fear as uh, fantasized experiences appearing real. You know, more times than not, as a human resources, I was the head of human resources for a bank in Chicago. And when people could talk about what they uh, were worried about or concerned about or opportunities at work in a polite way, um, it always was very helpful. It was never met with, you know, disdain or punishment or anything like that. So it's knowing how to raise your concerns and speak up for yourself, you know, asking for what you're worth. Uh, that's something that particularly women and people of color need to do more effectively. My book helps you do that. But it's not uh, worrying about how someone else is going to react, but to identify how you're going to speak up for yourself and how you're going to speak up for the things that matter to you in a way that reflects who you are and why it's important to you. So you write about pivotal moments, and I know for myself, I I would say that the greatest pivotal moment I had was in middle life when I looked in the mirror and I really, for the first time in a long time, had no idea who was looking back at me. And that, to me, was the catalyst for everything that followed. And so I would say that that was a defining pivotal moment in my life. Can you explain to us what you mean by these moments and how can they impact our life? Well, that's a perfect example, Joan, because I even talk about this uh, exercise, if you will, of looking yourself in the mirror uh, and and really feeling, and it sounds like that's what ex- you experience, really feeling what's coming back at you. And uh, when you do that, it's a profound experience. So, you know, throughout the book, I talk about this, you know, being in touch with who you are. Um, a pivotal moment, there are five to seven pivotal moments in our lives that really have created who we are. So there's an exercise in the book that asks you to go back as far back as you can remember and say, you know, what was it that uh, I experienced? And some of these pivotal moments, I will just say, are incredibly painful. And when you encounter something that maybe you've put away for a really long time, I would suggest if it's too painful for you to recall on your own to get professional help. But, you know, in a lot of situations, uh, luckily, it's not that intense, but there is something that happened. You know, for example, when I was 12 years old, my family lost uh, our home to foreclosure. And that pivotal moment, certainly I can remember that day as if it were yesterday. But what I learned from that experience as I went through the exercises in my book is that because of that, I moved to a town where I saw amazing families that were wonderful examples to me of what a family should be like. I had studious peers that I encountered for the first time in my life that really challenged me to do better work at school. I had an opportunity to participate in lots of different events at school and grow as an individual. So I can go back to that moment and say, yes, it was terrible, but here are all the things and the positive ways that it changed me. And then, of course, there are uh, negative experiences, too, and, and we carry some of that, um, those negative experiences with us where we tend to see things negatively always because of some things that happen to us. And that's where a deeper exp- uh, exploration is really important. So, Vicki, we've been going through a challenging year plus some months now. And, you know, people are listening to us right now and they're saying, okay, this is just great, but, you know, I'm just trying to make ends meet and I don't have time to focus on purpose and all of these wonderful things you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those people? I would say there's no better time to think about why you're here because, you know, time's going to pass and you, you can be in this exact same place five years from now. 
So that's where you say, you know what, I want to sort of experience where I'm at today and know that this is not where I want to be five years from now. What are the things that I can control and what are the steps that I can take towards, you know, that end. My husband always says that you eat an elephant one bite at a time, but if you worried about eating the elephant all at once, it would be overwhelming. So think about, you know, one small step a day is 365 steps in a year, and that's amazing. So decide what you want to change, take small steps, and then stick with it. You know, when my going to school is a perfect example of that. I didn't go in a traditional way, but I stuck with it, and it took 15 years. And you know what? So what? It doesn't matter. And it goes back to the fear that you were talking about. That's, you know, I mean, Mm. really, if you think about what we've had for the past year, it's been nothing but fear. So this is really the important time to put everything in order in your life. I mean, that's what I've done over the past year. I've tried to focus on what's really important and, and what is just stuff that, I get wrapped up in that really isn't going to make a difference in my life down the road. Right. I know. And in my book, I talk about values as well. And and that gets back to what's really important to me. Once you know those things, you can, you have a, a stronger barometer, if you will, on the things that are really just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And so you you stay more focused on the things that really matter to you. The book is Authenticity Reawakened, The Path to Owning Your Life Story and Fulfilling Your Purpose. Vicki, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? You can go to vickysnaver.com, and that's V-I-C-K-I-Z-N-A-V-O-R.com, and everything is there, including a, a weekly blog. And Vicki, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? People are not perfect, so expecting perfection of yourself or anyone else is a waste of time. There's really such strength in knowing ourselves and then seeing the humanity in others, and my hope is that you'll find great joy in this life and that you'll give it to others with wild abandon. Allow yourself to love others with all your heart. Show that you care about others every chance you get and know that there are endless opportunities to do this at work. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure speaking with you. Same here, Joan. Thank you so much. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. With the end of another school year approaching, you may be wondering what the future holds for your child when it comes to college. We all know that a college education doesn't come cheap. Hi, my name's Kay Toby, financial services professional with the Fortis Agency. Here are some tips to consider before preparing to save for your child's college education. Number one, start saving today. It is never too soon for parents to start saving into a college fund for their children. One of the biggest mistakes made is thinking that you have plenty of time before you have to sign a big check for school. However, if you begin saving early, you will give your child more options and feel better prepared for the future. Number two, college saving accounts. Ask your advisor about the different savings vehicles used specifically for college. Find out if a 529 plan, Coverdell Education Savings Account, or a non-college specific account is best for your situation. For more information on saving for college, send me an email at ktoby at thefortisagency.com. How do you cultivate your inner garden and multiply the light within? Hi, I'm Allison Ayati. I'm a sound therapist and the owner of Awaken Sound Health, a meditation and sound healing studio located in Chester, New Jersey. You carry a light within you. This inner light is a form of divine intelligence that blossoms when you tend to it and withers when you neglect it. In order to cultivate the light within, you must first find a way to go within. Relaxation through therapeutic sounds that induce meditation is one way to till the soil and germinate the seeds of light within. Through a regular practice of sound meditation, you can bring yourself to a place of deep inner peace that activates kernels of love that bloom into acts of kindness, expressions of joy, and leaps of faith. A beautiful and happy life is available to you. But it is up to you to learn how to turn toward the light within and create a life of ease and grace from a place of peace and love. In the words of Jim Carrey, flowers don't worry about how they're going to bloom. They just open up and turn toward the light, and that makes them beautiful. Learn more or book an appointment today at awakensoundhealth.com and begin your journey to sound health and a beautiful life. Sound therapy is not a replacement for medical or psychological intervention. Put your heart and soul into writing a book. You've made a substantial financial investment in getting the project done. 
and you have a beautiful publication with your name on the cover. So, how do you reach your potential readers? Introducing the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life book club, a resource guide created for books that change lives. A book featured gets recognized. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life includes the work of some of the most inspirational and influential authors in the world. Shouldn't you be there too? Let's get started. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash book club. It's time for To Your Health. Joining us to talk about what veterans can do to improve their mental health and well-being is Dr. Chris Loftus, the National Director for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Welcome, Dr. Loftus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on. So, Doctor, how prevalent are mental health problems among veterans? They are fairly common. They, of course, can vary depending upon the age, circumstance, experiences they went to. Um, but what we want to do with the One Step Today campaigns, we want to highlight a variety of ways that veterans can enhance their mental health and start feeling better. The campaign highlights ideas for veterans from veterans on how to work on mental health challenges and general well-being and to take that first step towards improving their well-being. What are some of the common issues veterans face? Veterans can struggle with a variety of disorders from PTSD, substance abuse, depression, um, but they can also struggle with a lot of the lifestyle and the circumstances, you know, with the breakup of relationships, the difficulty finding jobs when they get out of the military, or for older veterans transitioning into retirement and a variety of chronic health issues. So, I mean, I think there's a range of things. But what we want to make sure we're talking about with veterans is if they're struggling, how they can get help. Doctor, what are some of the signs that a veteran or his or her family should pay attention to that might indicate that there is a more severe problem occurring? Yeah, the key is to look for significant changes in behavior or mood. If you notice that a loved one is quick to anger or withdrawing from family members and friends, or if you yourself feel irritated, have nightmares, flashbacks, or experience trouble sleeping and concentrating, that's a sign that it might be time to reach out. Another sign could be drinking more or misusing drugs. And veterans may also be struggling if they're just not living their fullest life or they are avoiding regular activities that they typically enjoy. These are all signs that it might be time to reach out, start the conversation, and explore options for help. Can you tell us more about the One Step Today campaign? So the campaign itself highlights a variety of things that veterans can do, from simple things like finding inspiration in other veterans, and we can talk more about that on the Make the Connection site about how to do that. But the campaign also highlights, you know, creating something, trying something new, connecting with people, finding what your passion is, and then, of course, also finding professions and people to talk to that really focus on a, a specific issue. I do want to talk about the MakeTheConnection.net site because that site features hundreds of veterans talking about the struggles that they've gone through, how they became aware of those struggles, and then what they did to get help. It's really helpful for some veterans who don't know how to talk about what they're going through or maybe don't understand it to listen to other veterans talk about their experience. They can find inspiration in that. They can relate to that. And they can find a language and how to talk about what they're going through from the stories that are on MakeTheConnection.net. Doctor, what's the takeaway? Seeking help is the first step. If you are a friend or a family member of a veteran, simply checking in and asking how the veteran is doing can start that conversation. And if you yourself think you might be struggling dealing with a mental health challenge, talk to a family member or a friend or reach out to your local health care provider, someone in your local community, such as a veterans group or other kinds of groups. Just get started connecting because for some veterans, it takes a couple of attempts to find that right thing that's going to help you get well. But we just want to encourage you to take that one step today towards a happier, healthier life. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. The trick is to enjoy life. Don't wish away your days waiting for better ones ahead. I recently stumbled upon this quote by Marjorie Pay Hinckley. 
Marjorie's words got me to thinking about my life and how I've rushed most of it away, not being fully present or savoring the joy of any moment. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. Don't wish away your days waiting for better ones. When I was a teenager, I couldn't wait to grow up so I could drink or go to college or even get married. When my children were infants and toddlers, I muddled through most days in anticipation of the evening when they would go to sleep, and I thought about when they would be older and more self-sufficient. When I was the caregiver for my parents, I struggled through those years frazzled and exhausted. When I held job positions that were unfulfilling, I wished for the day that I would find employment that made me happy. Looking back, I can't recall one period in my life in which I wasn't looking ahead to something different or better. The sad thing is that it took tremendous loss to wake me up. The loss of my marriage, the deaths of my parents and siblings, my children growing up and moving on with their lives. Now, I strive to live in the present moment. All those quotes about leaving the past behind and not worrying about the future are so true. When you live in the past or try to anticipate the future, you miss the here and now. So what can you do? When you're dealing with a challenge, look for the positive and learn from the experience. If you're caring for a sick loved one, treasure every minute because I promise you one day you would give anything to nurse that person again. If your children are driving you crazy, remember that sooner than you'll like, they will be moving out and starting their own lives. All the seemingly insignificant moments, both good and bad, are as Paul Anka said, the times of your life. Enjoy them all. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more inspiration and empowering tools, visit joanherman.com. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC.